This is Coast and County Radio's Extra Time Podcast in association with Scarborough College and powered by Grundon Graphics. 97.4 FM, through the Vales, across the Moors and along the coast. Extra Time, sporting reviews and opinions from those in the know. Good morning, good afternoon or good evening to everyone you listen to a brand new episode of the Coast and County Extra Time podcast with myself, Charlie Hopper. Today, I have the absolute pleasure of welcoming former Scarborough Athletic goalkeeper, Tommy Taylor, onto the podcast. Tommy, how are you uh, How are you doing this evening? Yeah, I'm good, thanks, Charlie. How are you? Yeah, not bad, mate. Um, just watched England get beat by New Zealand in the World Cup semi-final. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. Sorry, again, I shouldn't say that. Steve Kittrick reference there. Yeah, Steve Kittrick <laughs> reference there. Um, Tommy, just, uh, we'll go on to your football in, uh, on to how things are f- on a football aspect, but how's, how sort of life outside of football? Um, massive change in my life recently, to be fair. Recently, um, just actually split my girlfriend, so I've moved back in with parents for the time being, um, just in the process of selling the house and yeah, massive change in my life. But other than that, everything everything's good. I'm sorry to, to obviously hear that. Oh, that's um, fine, don't worry. You know, it's uh, it's one of those things, isn't it? I'm, I imagine you're you're still managing to keep busy, though, aren't you, with uh, with everything that's going on in in your footballing career? That's it. Work and football, absolutely hectic at the moment. Um, I work with my dad now, fitting kitchens, and because obviously with the pandemic, no one's been able to spend the money, and we're just that booked up. So, yeah, yeah, I'm really busy at the moment. Now, um, of course, for anyone who's sitting and, and listening to the podcast, you won't see what Tommy's actually set up behind him um, here. He's got three shirts that are lined up. He's got the blue Scarborough kit with obviously CU Scarborough um, on the logo. He's then got a really bright, illuminous, um, yellowy shirt with everyone active. It's all been signed as well. And then a green um, shirt. Well, Tommy, we'll come on to your amazing career at, at Scarborough. But first, we'll start with, with your time at Darlington now. You're up to 12th. You must be a lot happier now that you're sort of starting to, to climb the table. Yeah, we had a bit of a bit of a rough start. I don't think we uh, won a game in pre-season. Um, played the first game against Alfreton, and yeah, it wasn't wasn't the best of start to be honest with you. Um, but no, we've certainly picked up. The team seems to have gelled a lot better now. The togetherness is there in the squad, and we're starting to pick up results. And we're, we're not far off the playoff positions now. It is very much a similar club, club to Scarborough in some aspect, isn't it? Where the fans have such a huge say on on how the club is run, they they affect the budget that's being used. That must be nice for you to have such a connection to the fans. It is obviously. I love my time at Scarborough. I knew how much the club meant to the fans, and I think when you're playing for a fan-owned club, it makes you run that that extra yard and and run a lot harder for the club because you know obviously the effort what the fans are putting in. They're, they're putting their own money into the club at the end of the day. And obviously, you want to give them the best for that club. Yeah, and um, of course, after you finished your games on a Saturday or a Tuesday evening, do you keep an eye on on sort of Scarborough and how they're getting on under John O'Greenin? I do. Yeah, obviously, I'm, I'm a member of all the sports groups and stuff on Facebook. Uh, see a lot of the comments, um, stuff what the fans have been putting. But I think they've just got to, just got to stick with him. It's, obviously, the squad what he's got is inherited from from when Daz Kelly was in charge. He probably wants to to make changes to that squad probably wants to bring people in but as it stands at the moment he can't really do that so I think they've just got to stick with him and hopefully they they have a strong strong finish to this season and and then they can push on next season when he can build his own squad 
Yeah, and just uh, just a month or so ago, um, you were collecting. I think it's October the twelfth. You were Vanarama National North in the National North Team of the Week. Um, that must have been a nice little uh, collector's item for you. Yeah, obviously, I've never actually played in that league before. Um, so a few weeks into the season to get voted into the Team of the Week, it was obviously a lovely, lovely accolade to get. Um, it's just I just want to push on now and, and hopefully get into more Teams of the Week. Yeah, hopefully, um, hopefully we'll see you up there. Well, Tommy Smith, he asks a question, um, and whilst we're on Darlington, it, um, it'd be fitting to, to sort of answer that. How does um, Darlington compare to, to Scarborough? I think it's just a really similar club, to be honest with you. Obviously, both clubs have got a massive fan base, uh, fan-owned club, and, and the fans are massively passionate about the club as well. Um, yeah, I think in terms of size of the club, they're both ex-football league clubs as well. Um, I just absolutely love I obviously love playing at Scarborough and I'm loving my time at Darlington now as well Yeah and fans who haven't seen your um, your Twitter page as well you had uh, a nice surprise from a Scarborough a Scarborough shirt in the crowd at Kettering um, you know the last time out that must have been really nice for you to see at the end of the game to see someone with, with a Scarborough shirt on in the crowd Yeah it was I actually got a message off um, it's a guy called Martin who lives down there Um he messaged me because a few seasons ago I actually sent some signed gloves for his kids at Christmas. Um, so he messaged me to say his father-in-law was going to be at the game. Uh, so obviously kept an eye out for him and made sure we got a photo at the end so I could put it on Twitter. That's brilliant. Well, um, yeah, just looking back at your career, Tommy, I've, I've spent sort of the, the best part of a couple of hours having a look. Um, and of course, you played in the youth teams at Sheffield Wednesday before you joined Brighouse in 2011. Um, you Now, as well as putting in some great performances at Brighouse, one did come to um, come to mention that you scored a last-minute header for them in the Northern Counties East League. Um, just tell me about that last-minute header. That's some achievement. Did you uh, did you bring out the knee slide celebration? <laughs> uh, I think I think I did actually. To be fair, I think I did the knee slide. But I think there was only about I don't know, probably about thirty people in the ground. It was at Glass Out in Welfare Way. Um, when obviously not many goalkeepers can say they've scored a goal in their career. So obviously, I'm proud of that one. Yeah, definitely. And then you had brief spells at Halifax Town in 2013. You then moved on to Farsley for two seasons, um, where you won the Evo Stick First Division North Premier of the Year, Player of the Year, sorry. Um, moved back to Brighouse for a second spell before then spending um, what myself and a lot of other fans will say is a huge successful time at Scarborough. Um, and you won promotion from the Evo Stick First Division North. When you first signed for Scarborough, when you first, um, you know, put pen to paper, did you ever think you'd become such a fan's favourite and create some amazing memories at the club? To be honest with you, no. Um, obviously, it's a massive achievement for to sign for a club like Scarborough in the first place. And I think literally as soon as it was announced on Twitter, I recognised just how big it was. My Twitter feed just went absolutely crazy. Obviously, the amount of followers grew massively. Um, but no, I, I never could have imagined how well my time at Scarborough did go. Um, it's just a shame with obviously COVID and stuff, how, how it ended in the end. Yeah, definitely. We'll come on to that, Tommy. Um, you know, obviously, having spoken to you a couple of weeks ago, it's it's something that's, um, you know, the, the, the whole reasoning behind it. I mean, the club sort of has grown since you arrived and, and you know, averaging a thousand plus supporters. Um, it really was important, wasn't it, for you um, just to embrace how amazing the fan base was and, and they did really travel home and away during those seasons that you were at the Flamingoland Stadium. Yeah, I, I used to love it when obviously I'd come out of the tunnel at home games and I'd run towards the shed. Um, they'd be singing your name and 
it was like playing for a, well, obviously they are an ex-football league club, but it was just like playing for a football league club. Absolutely amazing. And then the away days, I remember Goal away when Valor scored a late winner and just the scenes and stuff. It was absolutely mental. I absolutely loved my time at Scarborough. When you sort of, I don't know, during COVID or, or whenever you, you'd have been not, you'd been out running and, and not able to play football, did you look back on those memories and the squad that Steve Kittrick assembled as, as some really happy memories as your time as a Sea Dog? Yeah, I always, whenever people ask me about my football, I always say some of my happiest times in football were at Scarborough. Um, obviously, I've got all the videos, got all the pictures from the games and stuff. And it was like I'd lost, lost a leg when we couldn't play football during the COVID time. So I just look back through all that and, and just see what I've achieved over my career with Scarborough. It was, it was amazing. I have to say one of my favourite memories, um, Tommy, is when we played at South Shields, I think in John Deasy's, one of his first games, and we'd, we'd brought the game back, was it 2-all? Um, yeah. And then you'd got, I think you'd, I don't know whether you'd gone up for a corner. Um, yeah. You had about five South Shield players all on you. <laughs> um, <laughs> and they, they took you into the goal. But those were the sort of games that you'll remember, isn't it? The, the real hard-fought performances, which necessarily didn't come out on the right end, but they're memories that you can keep forever. Yeah, they are. I think I remember that day. I think uh, we didn't know at the time that the result wouldn't have mattered. We couldn't get in the playoffs anyway. Um, so obviously, John sent me up for the corner to try and cause havoc up there. When I was on the way back, I got rugby tackled, I think, by one of their lads. Um, so obviously, that caused me to push one of their lads into goal and ended up having a mass brawl in the back <laughs> of the net. But no, yeah, it's some great memories, some great memories, memories what will stay with me forever. Yeah, it's um, you know, it's, it's it was amazing to to watch. So when that promotion season, Tommy, the, the season that a lot of um fans will know, um, you know, it looked like from afar that the team that was put together was was perfectly orchestrated, and everyone seemed to suit in the position that they played in. Yeah, yeah, um, and I think if it had kept if Steve Kitcher could have kept the majority of that squad together that after the first season and maybe made a couple of additions, I I, I personally think would have gone on to get promotion again straight away. Um I think when you make wholesale changes to a squad it takes a while for the team to gel and I think that's possibly cost us in, in the that second season. Were you um what was your overall feeling when, when Steve departed? I know that the York City game was sort of the the, that sort of gave him a little bit extra, that one extra week um, in his job. But how was your overall feeling? What was the changing room like once Steve had departed? Uh, I think everyone was obviously a bit deflated. We feel like we'd let him down a bit as well because we we're in such a strong position in terms of the league table. Um, and then obviously form dips and ultimately it cost him his job. Like I, I've got a lot to thank Steve for. He's the one who brought me to the club in the first place. Um he still rings me now to see how I am and stuff, so I get on really well with him. Um, but yeah, no, I think I think we were all really disappointed with what happened in the end. Yeah, and of course, Steve um, departed, and I think it was John Deasy that came in next. Um, John yeah. had a, John had a really tough time at the club. Um, it must have been it mustn't have been very nice for you to see the club on such a decline, losing a lot of games, and and ultimately John Deasy then leaving the club in in what when the club was in a difficult position. Yeah, it was sad really because I'd only ever known the fans as obviously being fully behind us and it sort of turned a bit toxic with the fans and stuff and it really wasn't nice to see. Um, I think 
I think possibly they were a bit harsh on John, the fans. Um, but it's just, it's one of them things. It ultimately didn't work out for him. And I'm just glad to see that he's got a tag cast now and he looks to be doing quite well there. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, he seems to be getting them in the, in the right areas. Um, and hopefully he'll be successful there. Um, then of course that ends. Darren Kelly then arrives. That must have been a breath of fresh air for you coming in with such a, a high profile name taking over the side. Yeah, he came in and uh, things changed straight away. I think we, his first game was the Whitby game at home, I think, wasn't it, where we won, won in the derby? Um, and all the lads just seemed to pick up confidence again. Um, obviously, then obviously COVID hit and he wasn't really able to uh, to do much else. What was it like then playing under Darren Kelly? Because he always came across as a very intricate manager who who was so nailed on on the tiny little areas of games and the tactics of everything. It must have been nice for you to play under a, play, a manager like him. Yeah, definitely. Like you say, he was really uh, intricate with everything. He, um, he'd come over to me and, and, and tell me stuff in training, what he'd seen in games, what he'd want me to work on. And it was just nice to have that... Um, obviously the person pushing you to, to be that extra step better every time. Yeah, and of course, during your time at Scarborough, you were also on trial at Rotherham and Cambridge to um, to name two of the of the, the bigger clubs. Um, and, they, and football league clubs were always keeping an eye on you, Tommy. That must have been a, com- a massive confidence booster for you because the performances that you were putting on the pitch were then rewarding you with opportunities of playing in, in full-time teams. Yeah, I went on trial at Rotherham, um, played a game for their reserves as well when I was there. Um, yeah, it's just a massive confidence boost. Obviously, they didn't work out for the trials in the end, but great experiences, and, and I think they certainly set me in good stead for obviously further experiences in football. Um, yeah, I wouldn't change anything in terms of that. And did you get sort of feedback from from those clubs? Did they tell you what the areas you could have worked on, and did you then be, be able to bring that back and, and sort of work on them in training? Uh, not so much areas where I can work on. It was literally just a case of obviously they thought they felt I was good enough, but they didn't really think I was better than what they had. Um, so it's one of them. Uh, but no, like I said, great experiences when I was in there. Yeah, hundred percent. Well, um, of course, I, I'll remember the evening that, of course, you you departed the club. Um, the, the headline in the Scarborough News was Hammer Blowers duo depart Borough. Um, it must have been a very tough decision for you, Tommy. I remember you, you put something out on Twitter and, and everybody was getting involved. And I look back to the, the tweets that people said and amazing, amazing support for you. Um, that must have been a difficult decision. It was. It was a really emotional decision, if I'm honest with you. I think uh, I remember being on the phone to Jack Fuster, the secretary, and I, I'm not even ashamed to say, I think we both shed a tear on the phone. It was that that emotional. Obviously, the club meant a lot to me. Um, just unfortunate with my circumstances in terms of work with the COVID situation changed and I had a mortgage to pay, a car to pay for, and I had to look after myself in the end. Yeah, and um, talk to me what, what was going on in your mind because... Obviously, I haven't experienced it being a student, but a lot of people have experienced redundancy and, and you know, the COVID pandemic put a lot of jobs in, in. No one really knew what was going on. That must have hit you really hard with bills to pay and, and everything like that. It, it does. Um, obviously, it was a hard time for everyone. Everyone was in a similar sort of situation. Um, but to get told that, obviously, your job's at risk, um, you don't know when you're going to be able to play football again, so you've not even got that security of your wages. Um, 
it's one of them. I, I just had to look after myself and, and obviously my girlfriend at the time. Um, and, and the offer came in from books and I just financially, I couldn't afford to turn it down at the time. I had to, like I said, I had to look after myself. Yeah, well, they, they, they obviously came in for you um, and they took Chris Dawson, who, of course, is still at the club. Um, Chris is doing great things at books and obviously yeah, featured, yeah. featured in the in the first round of the FA Cup where they beat York um, and then James Walsall. So going along with them, did that sort of ease the worry of moving to a new side? Did it did it sort of help fit in or did you just naturally fit in really well? Um, I always feel as though whenever I go to a new club, I always... I, I, back my own personality and I trust that I'll, I'll integrate with the group really well but obviously to have people who I was going to be travelling in with that did certainly make it a lot easier for me as well Yeah, yeah, definitely um, Only a short stint though at Buxton um, again, the everything was just up in the air it seemed um, it seemed that, that the club there they had their eyes firmly on, on promotion and you must have bought into the, the aims of the club I did, yeah Um a lot of stuff went on behind the scenes at the club as well, though, to be honest with you. Um, if it wasn't for the COVID situation, would I have joined Buxton? I don't think I would have done. Um, and like I said, stuff what went on there at the scenes well just made my time not really enjoyable as well. Right, OK. It always did seem like from afar... Um... That of course they'd they'd spent a lot of money and that was their aim of just pushing um, pushing it up. But I guess your livelihood has to come first, doesn't it? And when when more money's being offered, it, it's hard it's hard to turn that down. Yeah, um, obviously in terms of it wasn't so much well obviously more money was offered, um, but in terms of when I went into negotiations with Daz Kelly for the new season, obviously budgets had been affected and stuff. Um, it would have meant I would have been coming out with less money than what I was on previously as well. Um, so, like I say, yeah, I just had to look after myself in that sense. And was your general feeling that you'd made the right decision or did you feel like there was something in the back of your mind or, or was maybe social media something that had affected your your thinking about the decision? Yeah, like I said, being a member of the supporters clubs and stuff on Facebook, um it wasn't nice to read some of the some of the comments that were put about me, especially some I remember reading one comment and it was like, if you can't afford to live on this much money a week, then you're a disgrace or something. I was like I, I, I honestly I was speechless reading some of the comments. Um I think anyone in my situation had done exactly the same thing if, in terms of protecting your mortgage, protecting your livelihood. Um so yeah. I always had that at the back of my mind. Have I made the right choice? Ultimately, with how things played out there, I, I didn't. But obviously, from a financial sense, I, I had to look after myself. That's that's the main thing. Um, and I know that when when I didn't know that, so when we spoke a couple of weeks ago, I had no idea that that was the whole reasoning behind it. Um, but of course, you you and James have also you know, gone different different areas and different ways. Um, now, a couple of people have been in touch. They've sent the questions in um, for you to answer. So a huge thank you to everyone getting in touch. Now, quick, just a short question from Paul Collins, who asks, when is he coming back? <laughs> well, never say never. Um, but to be honest, I'm absolutely loving my time at Darlington at the moment. Um, really, really excited to see where things go with them. Hopefully, I'll be with them for for a long time but like I say never say never in football yeah and, and uh, leading on to the next question Mark Appleby asks how far do you realistically think you can go in the game 
so obviously I've had my trials and stuff at professional clubs. Um, I'm coming up to, I'll be 29 in January. So I think full-time football has probably passed me by now, if I'm honest with you. Um, realistic aim, potentially playing the National League Premier. Um, but like I said, I'm just absolutely delighted to be even playing in this league at the moment. And hopefully we can push on and, and push towards the players for Darlington. Is that the aim then? Is it up at uh, Blackwell Meadows? Is is the aim fo- solely focused on on getting promoted, or is it sort of just building within the, the restraints of the club? I think it is just building within the restraints of the club. I think with the stuff what they've got in place, there's no reason why they can't push for promotion to the national league. Yeah, that would be um, um that would be incredible. Uh, now, Steve Adamson, he's he's been in touch. Now, um, I twice watched you. I think it was at the Riverside, the the one nil loss at, against Middlesbrough under twenty threes, um, and then of course the win against Mask. He says, "What are your memories of saving three penalties at the Riverside to help Borough uh, win the North Riding Senior Cup?" Uh, certainly, one of my favourite memories from being at the club. Um, I think both times we played there, we took amazing support with us. I think there was probably about a thousand fans there. Um, yeah, so, so obviously, I think with what had been going on in terms of obviously the trials and stuff, um, that was just like the icing on the cake for that season for me. Um, to be able to celebrate with all the fans and stuff, and obviously my family was there as well. It was it was great. That game, it springs to mind about. Um, John Deacy now I know that we've mentioned it, but it does show the kind of bloke he is that he he sort of stepped back at the end he, he didn't take any plaudits he just sort of it was nothing to do with him he was just happy to let the players sort of take all the applause Well the funny thing about that is actually we, we got back into the dressing room and it actually just wrote on the white my words out whiteboard um, enjoy your night lads see you soon he'd gone so cause, because he knew it wasn't it was us and obviously Steve previously what had got us to that point. He just wanted us to enjoy the night. He wasn't the sort of bloke that wanted to take any uh, spotlight or plaudits for anything. It was it was a bit weird like that, wasn't he? Um, John he tended to shoot out of uh, out of the the games um, pretty quickly. I mean, did he in some of the games that you'd been beaten? Did he just roll a cue and then just leave, or was some of them just a case of he just picked up his coat and he went? No, obviously if if, if stuff needed to be said, he would say it. Um, but like I say, he's just, I wouldn't, I wouldn't really say he's a weird guy. I just think he's a really shy, quiet person. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I don't think he could get his head around like how the fans were in terms of like obviously being all over the players and all over the manager. And I think just because he was a shy person, he wanted to just get straight off. And I think that's probably why the fans give him such a harsh time because they felt as though he wasn't interested when he probably was, but he just didn't know how to deal with it. Yeah. I think they always will, won't they? Because we've had such a great collection of managers. Like you've got Darren Kelly, who will run over to the fans and he'll fist bump and he'll he'll be so vocal. But then you've got other managers who who react a little bit differently to that. Um, but again, John DC was was an incredible manager. Uh, now Louis Palmer, I'm not sure if you're going to want to answer this one. I just wanted to get it in there anyway. Um, he asks, "What was the recently sacked Buxton gaffer like?" <laughs> uh... <laughs> I'll put this simply, he is the worst manager I've ever played for. Honestly, worst manager I've ever played for. And I think Buxton have done the best thing they could have done by getting rid of him, to be honest with you. Um, just in terms of how he dealt with his players. Uh, yeah, I think I won't say any more because I think I'll get myself into trouble, but 
yeah, that's that's my thoughts on him. Wow. Oh, fi- final thought. Sorry, one final thing about him. So, I obviously knew I didn't want to stay there this season at Buxton. So, I was obviously planting the seed to say, look, I'm not going to be able to commit to the travelling and stuff next year. Yeah. Um, so, he got the goalie coach to ring me to say he was going to release me. He wouldn't ring me himself. And then when I tried ringing him, he wouldn't answer the phone. So, it just shows what sort of person he is. Wow. I mean, he's obviously been sacked for um, taking a holiday and uh, obviously... Well, no, that, that so that was the assistant gaffer apparently was being sacked for that. So right, Wardy was actually okay. okay. I had no issues with Wardy. Wardy was a nice guy. Um, it was just Gaz. And I think I actually seen a few of the Scarborough fans commenting on one of the groups saying, oh, what about getting him in? No, you don't want him there. You do not want him anywhere near your club. Yeah, that's... Um... Yeah, that's a weird one. I had no idea that was going on. Uh, Matt Flinton asks, do you see a big difference from our division compared to the Conference North? Um, I think, obviously, because there's a few full-time clubs in there, the fitness levels and stuff, you can see the difference there. Some of the passing's a lot sharper. Um, Facilities-wise, there's obviously a lot of nice grounds in this league as well. Um but I just think all the leagues from obviously the least Garbering, even down, like the professionalism and everything, just getting miles, miles higher than what it used to be. Um, but no, there's not a massive difference apart from, like I said, maybe a bit more technical. Yeah, perfect. Um, he also asks a couple of others, who was the most talented player um, that you played with at, at Scarborough? I'd probably say Matt Wright. I think when Max came to the club, we were playing Clitheroe away when he first came on loan. Um, and I took one look at him and I was like, you're going to get eaten alive in this league. Skinny lad. Um, and he absolutely tore it up that day. I think he scored and he set a couple up as well. Um, yeah, he's just, he's just class. I think he's been unlucky with injuries recently. Um, but I think he deserves to be at least playing in the National League and, and obviously get his chance in the Football League as well. Yeah, and just to follow up that one, he also asks who was the most underrated player um, that you played with at Borough. Now, that doesn't have to be one player. It could be a couple. Um, but who who would sort of spring to mind? Um, so, so I always used to really rate Lewis Sugden. Um, he was only at the club for a short spell. Um, I know he's had a few like issues off the pitch and stuff. Um, but I always thought he could play a lot higher. Um yeah, I thought he wasn't at the club for too long, though. I don't think it was Lewis, was it? Um, but no, yeah, he was, he was. I'd say he was probably the most underrated player I played with at Scarborough. Very good player. Um, yeah. Exceptional player. Um, and Michaela Pierce, she asks, now this one's um, a little bit more advice that you could give to someone. She asks, what tips would you give to a younger player who just wants to play in, in net, who has no ambition to play outfield? I just think you've just got to enjoy it. Um, I know. He said he's got no ambition to play outfield, but using your feet is a massive part of the game now. So he needs to make sure he gets involved with the outfield sessions, do the possession drills, stuff like that, get used to using your feet. Um, but yeah, the main thing is if he's a young lad, just enjoy it. And as soon as you stop enjoying something, there's no point doing it. So yeah, just make sure you enjoy it. I hope that advice goes um, to the to obviously to 
to Michaela for uh, for asking that question. Um, now, just a couple um, of sort of key moments for for you, Tommy. What's sort of the favourite, your favourite Borough game that you've been involved with? Because I'm sure there's been absolutely loads. But what would sort of come to your sort of your top couple that, that spring to mind? Uh, so shall I do top three then? Yeah, do top three. So the Stratford game away, the replay. That's a great result. Um, all the lads remember watching an interview one of the Stratford players had done after the home game and I think he said something like oh, we've got nothing to worry about when we get them to our place and we obviously uh, destroyed them 4-1 um, main one being the obviously the cup final as well that's massive one what stands out for me for obvious reasons with the knee slide and the three penalty saves and then Osset Albion at home last game of the season when we got promotion just to see that many fans on the pitch and and to celebrate with the fans what had, what had been a great season was absolutely class and I didn't even have to buy a drink in Scarborough that night as well that was great <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's brilliant um I don't think you'd have to buy a drink now, Tommy. To be honest, if you were if you were sitting in Scarborough, I'm sure fans would uh, would be buying you plenty. Um, it is quite weird, isn't it, how one passing comment from a player can can escalate? And of course, the Stratford player making that comment um, that wasn't what what was that away game like? That must have been a late night as well for the players, but the buzz must have just been incredible. Yeah, I think all the lads knew with the coach journey down. Obviously, if we were to get beat there, it would be absolutely disastrous on the way home so it was like a party bus on the way home when we won um, it was just obviously a shame in the next round that we didn't manage to get past Hyde and get to the first round proper that was gutting wasn't it the amount of fans that were there um, to get so close and then to come away because a lot of clubs um Fans that don't know the non-league system a lot of clubs will just will, are just placed into the, the first round naturally but for teams like Scarborough have to come, what, three or four games to actually get there. So to get go that far, to get through some some huge ties, it must have been absolutely gutting for you and the squad to not make it all the way. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a case of so near yet so far, isn't it? It's, um, I think, obviously, the harder part for me is I'm obviously really good mates with Paddy Miller, who was the captain at Hyde at the time as well, um, which obviously I was delighted for him when I got to watch him play on TV, but it still it still hurt hurt bad to watch it as well. Yeah, definitely. Um, Paddy, I always thought Paddy was going to come back. To be honest, so if Paddy's listening, I always thought you were going to come back, Paddy, when Darren Kelly was in charge, <laughs> um, <laughs> as I think a lot of uh, a lot of Scarborough fans did. Um, you you stood in goal, Tommy, and you've got a back four to play with. Who would you say is the best back four you've had the ability of playing in behind? What's uh, at Scarborough? Yeah. I'd- I'd say obviously I'd have Mezer on the left. Uh, I absolutely loved playing behind Jack Johnson. I thought he was great on the right. And then centre halves, I would have to say Sam Hewitt and Bailey Gooder from that first season. Well, Bailey's, Solid. Ob- Bailey's obviously still at. Um, yeah, yeah, he is. Yeah, he's still going strong. He scored. He scored, of course, um, on Saturday in the two 0 win. Um, so he's still a, still a huge part of um, of Scarborough. Um, just sort of touching on on a little bit less of Scarborough and a little bit more of, of sort of the top leagues. What have you sort of made of the of Leeds so far this uh, this season? What what sort of been your overall feeling of of them? Uh, to be honest with you, I've not had a chance to watch much football recently. I've just been that busy. Um, but no, 
I'd like to think they will have the second season syndrome and, and go down. I'd like to think they'll stay up. Um, but I think they're going to have a task on their hands to keep hold of certain players at the end of the season with how they've done. Obviously, Rafinha, Calvin Phillips. Um, I think it's going to be a case of rebuilding next year again if, if they do stay up in the Premier League. But of course, if they lose them, you'd think that Rafinha will probably go for 70 plus million. That money can then be reinvested, can't it, in other players? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think, obviously, if, if they manage to keep all the Bielsa as well, I think all the fans would trust him that he'd bring in the right players. So, as long as they stay up, I think they're in good hands. They're yeah, good and um, who's, who would you say, is, at the moment, uh, this, is, this is totally your opinion, who's the best goalkeeper currently operating um, in the Premier League? Because there's some absolute great keepers out there, but who would be sort of at the top for you? Uh, so, I think De Gea's having a good season again. After he's had a poor couple of seasons recently. Um, oh, well, I say poor, just obviously below his standards. Um, I used to be a massive critic of Aaron Ramsdale as well, but I think he's proved me wrong this season. He's probably proved a lot of people wrong with how he's played for Arsenal. He's been absolutely fantastic. Um, but I also think Meslier at Leeds as well. Um, again, I took one look at him when he first signed for Leeds and he's like a beanpole, there's nothing on him. I thought he was going to get knocked about. Um, he's been he's been great. So I'd say them them three have, have been really good this season. Yeah, definitely. Um, always nice to hear from from obviously from yourself who playing football to to exactly what what you think. Um, so what's next now for for Tommy Taylor? What's next for you? What are the sort of the plans in the next couple of weeks? I presume it'll just be working football, will it? Yeah, working football. We've got Chester away uh, this Saturday. Then we've got. Uh, Gloucester at home. Uh, I'm trying to think who else we've got. We've got. I just know we've got a busy schedule. We've got the FA Trophy coming up as well, which is drawn on Monday. So we'll find out who we've got then. And yeah, massively busy schedule. I'm looking forward to it though. That would have been. Um, I know Scarborough got knocked out of that, but that would have been quite nice, wouldn't it? If you'd have drawn um, Scarborough away, that would have been a, a fairy tale <laughs> tie for you, wouldn't it? Really. Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd, obviously, I'd love any opportunity to come back and play at the uh, Flamingo Land Stadium, so it would have been nice. But unfortunately not. Hopefully next year, maybe. Next year we'll uh, hopefully get to play against each other. Fingers crossed. Um, now, yeah, Borough fans, Tommy obviously mentioned that he keeps an eye on the on the supporters group. Um, it's been it's been a mixed place, Tommy, over the last couple of months. There's been periods of, of quite toxicness and then there's been really good moments. What would your message be to the Scarborough fans? Um, I presume it'll just be to keep sticking behind John O'Greening and, and eventually things will, will start to pick up. Yeah, definitely. I think, obviously I have read some of the stuff. It's, I know they'll, they will probably read it themselves as well. Um, and the day, no one goes out to hope that the team's going to lose. They all want the best for Scarborough Football Club, especially being local guys as well. Um, so I think you've just got to stick with them. Hopefully they have a, a strongish finish to the season and obviously give him a chance to build his own squad next year and then judge him next year once he's built his own squad. And, um, you know, he's, he's he's obviously a new manager as well um, and they've brought in uh, Ryan Whiteley in goal. I don't know if you've known much of Ryan, but he seems to be doing quite well um, in the position as number one. It's, it's always nice, isn't it, when a goalkeeper... Like yourself is such a it's got, got such a good connection with the fans. Yeah, I was obviously I played against Ryan before um, when he was at York, 
I've seen that he was at Scarborough last season as well on loan. And i also seen that he'd done really well in pre-season for York this, this season. So I was quite surprised that he didn't get his opportunity there, actually. Um, but no, I think hopefully he'll continue to do well for Scarborough and, and keep keeping clean sheets for you and, and hopefully help you up the league as well. Have you had a chance to play at the New York Stadium or is that one that's uh, sort of on the calendar that you've circled? No, I've definitely circled that one on the calendar. That's in March time, I think. I'm also looking forward to playing at the new Boston Stadium as well. We've got them in a couple of weeks away, so that should be uh, should be nice. There's a lot of travelling to do, though, isn't there? Do, do you? I don't know how it works. Do you get picked up on the way down to, to games that are down a little bit further south from you, or do you have to head up and then go back down? Yeah, so we played Kettering away this Saturday. We, we were in a hotel on the Friday night down in Northampton. Um, so they picked us up at Wakefield. There's quite a lot of Yorkshire lads that play for Darlington. So they picked us up at Wakefield, uh, stopped in a hotel on the Friday night and then obviously travelled back the Saturday after the game. That must be nice, Tommy. That must be nice um, to be able to sort of switch off on a, a Friday night and go down and sort of prepare and everything. It really is a professional environment, isn't it? Yeah, that was my first ever experience of an overnight stay in football as well. So it was nice. All the lads are absolutely fantastic. We all get on great. And yeah, it was, it was a great laugh as well as obviously being professional and, and preparing for the game. Just a quick one. Does it beat a travel over the, on Thea 64 to uh, to the to the Yorkshire coast? Does it? I presume it'll beat that, will it? <laughs> Every Saturday afternoon. To be fair, when I used to play for Scarborough, we used to get the train to games actually just to beat the traffic on the A64. So there used, yeah, used to be me, Tom Morgan, uh, Sam Hewitt, and then a few others. We used to get the train together. Um, it was just massively easier than getting stuck in all the traffic on the A64. Oh, that's brilliant, Tommy. Well, uh, it's we've been on for about half an hour, 35 minutes now. Um, and of course, you'll, uh, you'll have training tomorrow night. Um, you'll be looking forward to hopefully getting another three points on Saturday. Yeah, definitely. I think we're starting to pick up a bit of momentum now as a team. Um, just got to push on and and keep hot on the heels of the people that are in the playoff positions. I guess in in the national north, anything can happen, and you could really mount a a, a push, really, couldn't you, to make it into the playoff places? Yeah, the one thing I've noticed about this league, anyone can beat anyone. There's been so many strange results so far this season. I think Gloucester there full time, but I'm sure they had nine goals put past them at one point. It's it's absolutely crazy just what goes on in this league. Um, but yeah, it's still really early days as well. So we've got to get, get that momentum going and get a few more points on the board. And after after Christmas time, you can start having a reasonable look at where you're possibly going to end the season at. Yeah, definitely. Well, a huge thank you um, to Tommy for coming on the the Coast and County Extra Time podcast. Tommy, hopefully we'll be able to have you back on sort of towards the back end of, of next se- of this season and we can sort of catch up and everything. Um, have you enjoyed joining me on the podcast this evening? Yes. It's been good to speak to you again, Charlie. Obviously, I helped you out with your uh, uni work a few weeks ago, so it was good to speak to you then as well. Yeah, it's it's honestly it's amazing, Tommy. The the stuff that you're doing for for us and I'm, you know, all Scarborough fans um, hold hold you in very high regards. Um, so it's a huge thank you for, you for for that, and I'm sure that all the Scarborough fans who are listening will wish you all the best of luck for the rest of the season. Cheers, Charlie. Appreciate it, mate. Thank you.
And if you've enjoyed listening to um, today's Coast and County Extra Time podcast, sponsored by Scarborough College, so a huge thank you to them for sponsoring the podcast. Um, keep an eye out for other podcasts that we've got coming up. Um, Will Thornton, the Scarborough defender, he's next lined up to come on. So if you've got any questions for him, um, you know exactly what to do. Um, but thank you very much for listening. I've been Charlie Hopper. I've been joined by Tommy Taylor. Uh, enjoy the rest of your evening um, and keep an eye out for the next few podcasts.